this is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and an energy worker and a channel. I do readings and tutoring and coaching and uh, energy healing sessions. And there are programmed crystals and stones and channeled MP3s, astrology MP3s, and 16 uh, astrology and channeled books at tdjacobs.com. Check that out. Also, a free grounding meditation, which is very important uh, to connect to the earth open the heart, clear out energy. It's extremely important. A free 13-minute MP3 uh, linked from the homepage. Look for the green picture on tdjacobs.com for that. Lately, I've been in kind of a quiet place with transiting Pluto making its first of several contacts to my natal north node. And so I've been quiet, uh, more or less, and spending a lot of time with uh, <laughs> with these hematite spheres, uh, which make me less verbal too, but really kind of pull me down into myself. And my north node is in the fourth house in Capricorn, so there's this call to go inward with that north node. So of course when it's on the north node, it's opposing the south node, and that's me working, 10th house south node. So I've been quiet, but I've been inspired to do a couple different uh, audio things lately, and they haven't gotten done, but this is going to be kind of a quick and dirty one. Um, this is on uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, a name that, you know, for the last 20 seconds, the next eight seconds will be on everybody's lips. Um, and he's this uh, now former, he just resigned from Breitbart being a, an editor and a, and a reporter, so to speak, reporter on Breitbart. And um, uh, I, 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 I saw him on uh, uh, the Bill Maher show Real Time with Bill Maher, a couple, I don't know, 10 days ago, a week ago, whatever. Um, and just got a sense of his energy, and I was like, Jesus, what is going on with this guy's, like, ego problems? Um, because not everybody not everybody who um, holds these kind of alt-right views, so to speak, has um, the same kind of ego signature. Some of them do, some of them don't, but something about him just kind of, you know, caught my eye. So anyway, he just got his book deal pulled. Um, uh, he had an advance and had a deal for a, for a book deal, and, and, and the publisher nixed it. And he just resigned with his apologetic statement from what he said on this video that resurfaced recently from last year about joking about pedophilia. Okay. So anyway, so that's who this, that's who this joker is. Um, again, we strive to have compassion for all souls, but God, I just can't help it sometimes with some of these people. Anyway, so I'm going to do a quick and dirty karmic analysis for you of him. If you're an astrology student, you might, um, you know, use this to put some vocab words or some, you know, kind of uh, psycho-spiritual understanding or, or some understanding to his psycho-spiritual project, you know, that we're watching play out a little bit. Um, when I when I do this, I always start with Pluto, talking about the soul's journey, uh, the soul's empowerment journey over many lives. What does the soul need you to figure out? how to do in a confident way. And so it represents all these things that we need to do. It's a way of being uh, that we need to do in order to make life feel meaningful. And yet it also represents fears that we have, fears, uh, anger, resentment, bitterness, regret, shame, guilt, that we've accumulated over the course of many lives when we have tried to do this thing in a confident, empowered way. And the real key with the Pluto story comes down to 
what we end up doing is attaching the idea of empowerment to external markers, and then they can go away. So if you feel good about yourself because you got a quarter of a million dollars for a book deal, but then the publisher took it away, you're not going to feel good about yourself when that deal, when that thing is gone. That's the kind of thing tying our confidence and our willing, our willingness to validate ourselves to external markers. That's what most humans do throughout most of history. Whatever it is, youth, health, you know, attractiveness, position, respect, whatever, you know, those kinds of things can go away. Um, cash in the bank, whatever, respect from other people. Um, the real trick is to know yourself fully, which includes doing shadow work, and then accept yourself fully. And then you're bringing love to the shadow parts. So you are no longer fragmented. You no longer have parts hiding into the basement, fearing that they'll be seen. You no longer have shame and guilt, etc., that can cripple you or whatever. You can, your buttons, the way I think of it is, your buttons can no longer be pushed left and right by external sources because you have seen and made peace with your own, so to speak, inner demons. Your fears, your pain, your regret, your anger, your grief. So Pluto for him is in Scorpio. We don't have a birth time. Let me give you the uh, the data here. 18 October 1984 uh, in Kent, England. And um, so his Pluto's in Scorpio, which is the journey of learning about intensity and depth and facing your own fears and transforming through pain, fear, grief, guilt, shame, etc. So people with Pluto in Scorpio, and it's... Um, most of the births from like early 1984 up to like uh, early 1995. And um, so it's quite a lot of people, right? And they're learning about how to tell the truth, how to deal with lies, how to uh, have intense attraction and desire and intense repulsion and, you know, hatred, how to deal with intense things, how to deal with intense feeling, how to realize that you are guided by unconscious beliefs, and then if you can develop the courage and the stamina to look at those things so that you can own what you're doing. Again, this Scorpio-Pluto idea of looking at parts of you and owning them without shame or guilt. Don't judge any of your feelings, Pluto and Scorpio says, because you have within you every single one of the human potentials. So why would you hate something about yourself? then you're hating the entire cosmos and you're missing the opportunity to work with life and work with yourself as you're wired. But the thing is, the intense feelings, whether it's hatred, anger, jealousy, whatever, the grief, rage, whatever, all those things are so intense that most people fear getting stuck or lost in them if they go into them fully. So they tend to stay under the surface. So Pluto and Scorpio people need to confront fear need to figure out a, a good way to to encounter anger within themselves and accept it and turn it into creativity to to ground those deep emotions to go within so the, so there's this thing about needing to dig deep into the way you're wired what makes you tick what makes you reactive what you love what you hate what you're obsessed about what you're obsessed about hating all those things are Pluto and Scorpio terrain so, um, what to do with anger? That's a huge part of it, huge part of it for him. What to do with feeling disempowered 
because of power differentials when somebody abuses you. And he, he had talked about how the reason he was talking about the pedophilia, he was joking about it in an interview because he had been, uh, he says he'd been um, uh, molested by a priest when he was younger. And so he thought he could just talk about anything because he had that experience. And so he realizes he went too far, blah, blah, blah. I feel like that apology, I read the text of it, uh, I feel like it was genuine. And I feel like he's simply learning something about the limits of, you know, what you can say before you, you know, what you can say that's outrageous before you realize that somebody else can take power away from you. Okay. So Pluto's in Scorpio. Pluto's conjunct um, Mercury at zero Scorpio, about a little over a degree apart. And that adds in communication, perception, talking, writing. Uh, and also curiosity, also uh, sometimes debate, but being interested in deeper topics and being able to communicate, communicate about them. If one is willing to look at the self, then that can actually help, you know, ferry you to your own underworld your inner underworld. And uh, I just had some paranoia. I said underwear, but I said underworld. <laughs> uh, Mercury's in there. So Mercury is central to this Plutonian journey. So he's empowered and disempowered through communication, writing, teaching, speaking, etc. Um, okay, and then Sun in Libra, six degrees, six and a half degrees away from that Pluto. And so this whole Plutonian mission is wrapped up in communication stuff, but also in having an opinion being, you know, exploring a relationship with ego, etc. When I first saw him on that interview, I was like, what is a sun problem? And then I looked at his chart and I was like, I guess Pluto's sun would do it. But then I'm going to, later on, I'm going to talk about the, astero the asteroid Lucifer, conjunct Chiron, both retrograde, conjunct the north node. Um, and that is actually the ego problem that I see in him and the one that, uh, ego stuff is sun, but where your ego is aligned and what your motivation is for developing and using ego is Lucifer. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit. But anyway, um, this, this, this is wrapped up in, you know, creativity, perhaps in being liked, uh, being fashionable, sun and Libra. Um, and, um, you know, some, you can use Libra to build bridges, you can also use, use Libra energy to uh, manipulate people and to massage the truth. The combination of Pluto and Mercury and Scorpio with Sun and Libra says a lot about this kind of style that he has of rabble-rousing and, you know, manipulation through communication. Um, okay, now that's the, that's, I'm leaving out some other aspects and stuff, but we're just gonna, just gonna, just gonna do a quick and dirty thing here. The second step of the story is a south node of the moon. Uh, and by the way, these four steps I'm going to run through, this is the structure that I use to do all Soul's Journey sound bites, which are available now again. So if you're curious about how I might see, do a quick and dirty 20-minute overview of your journey, you can get that through tdjacobs.com. So south node of the moon talks, I just found myself about to say the thing I say on every sound bite. So it represents the families we're born, we're born to because every, hum, every soul knows its human self will be helpless and clueless. So these agreements are made in the cafeteria in heaven, <laughs> outside space-time, and um, all the souls agree to provide a certain kind of context for each other, a certain kind of karmic incubator or crucible, as it may be. 
And so the south node of the moon represents a kind of environment we're born into. You can think of it as climate and weather that's in the air. There's stuff in the air. There's a cloud there. And it's what your parents and what your family believes. It's the emotional stuff going on in the house. It's how your, fam your, your parents and other perhaps siblings or other people in the house deal with their family, with their extended family, how they think about work, their beliefs about religion or who God is or why they do or don't have money. All these different things are in the air. And when you're born, you absorb all these things and they shape your root chakra, your first chakra, and you tend to believe the world is like this. That's the kind of idea with the south node. So because you have been born into it and conditioned from the get-go in a bunch of lives, you tend to see the world this way. You habitually tend to see the world this way. So this is also in Scorpio. Intensity, power over, power under. I didn't mention that with Pluto and Scorpio, but power over, power under dynamics are a major way that people with Scorpio karmic placements, uh, Pluto south node, south node ruler, um, what they're learning, what people with all those kinds of placements. And, um, you know, if you tie your ability to feel strong and confident to external markers, as I described earlier, then eventually you're going to be, you know, sad and deflated and feel defeated and feel less than because something won or something overpowered you. So, so in the family system he's born into, in a bunch of lives, there's something intense going on, some deep emotional thing. There could be secrets. There could be crime. There could be, you know, people stealing things. There could be affairs. Um, there could be... Um, sexual abuse. There could be abuse of some kind. There could be people who are trying to control themselves uh, so intensely that they end up inadvertently taking out their emotional crap on other people. People who control their, you know, um, obsessive desires for things, whether that turns into addictive stuff or like sexual stuff. Um, but but the desire thing, the kind of animalistic desire for something to incorporate something, to eat something. I had these friends years ago, and they would like, pretend to chew on each other, and this is what it was. It was just like, I love you, and just like want to consu consume you. you know? Anyway, so, but if people deny their intense attractions or repulsions, things get distorted. So there could be something like that in there, uh, in his family system. And um, conjunct, the south node, is uh, Venus in Scorpio, and it's really close. It's three minutes of, of arc away. And so Venus in Scorpio saturates the family system. So an emphasis on relationships or fairness or harmony or balance or money. I think I did read that his family did have money, um, but he had a kind of negative opinion about it or whatever. Um, but anyway, Venus is saturating that, and that can also bring one to be charming. So Pluto and Scorpio conjunct Sun and Libra, and the south node conjunct Venus and Scorpio, and that can lead to a lot of being charming. And he does seem charming, except for the incendiary, you know, jackassery that it was every word I heard out of his mouth. Uh, okay, so that's the idea with the south node here. Um, yeah, square the nodes. <laughs> square the nodes is Nessus. I don't talk about Nessus a lot. I was just that's why I was kind of pausing. I'm still kind of doing research on it, but but it does come up uh, often in the charts of people who have experienced sexual abuse, as well as people who um, go on shooting rampages in schools and other places. <laughs> so I started years ago. I started doing research on um, uh, defrocked priests. That's trying to think of the word. I've been using the hematite, so I'm less verbal. Uh, defrocked priests um, who were moved around 
before they were let go from the Catholic Church, after the, after you know mounting evidence and scandal about uh, sexual abuse. And it kept coming up, but then somehow I got switched over to this track, and it was a bunch of school shootings and mass, mass shootings and, and Nessus. And the idea with Nessus, in my mind, is we're trying to figure out how to live in two worlds. We're, we have these animalistic urges, and yet we live in civilized, polite society. And so, so that's square the notes in his uh, in his family system. And so, in his karmic story, you know how to control urges and impulses is is a big deal. And it's in it's in Leo. So there's this thing about ego coming out again, another marker of egoic stuff uh, that might be ungrounded, you know. Then and in his case, definitely has been. And then um, the third step of the story is a South Node ruler by sign, and. Um, that is I use traditional rulers, so South and Scorpio, the ruler is Mars. And that's in Capricorn, conjunct Jupiter and the asteroid Eros. And um, so when you come from a Scorpio South node, people might be really distracted by their inner workings. And they might be, you know, some people in the family might be really kind of caught up in their muck and the deeper stuff, and the things they're not talking about because it might be too intense. And that could be anything, just something intense, really intense emotionally. Um, but then he shows up in a bunch of lives. That's the, the significance of the Southland ruler by sign, his role in many lives, his kind of personality, how he shows up, what he's about, special skills and talents he may, he may do. And if he doesn't do it, people will nudge him toward it because he um, will show promise. Who kind of, I call it emitting karmic vapors. I'm really good at this. And so people say, hey, why don't you do this? So Southland Ruler in Capricorn says, um, you know, that can be conservative. You know, that can be conservative. And he, in certain ways, definitely is, as far as his perspective and the Breitbart work. Um, conjunct Eros, there's um, creative passion, sexual passion. But things we get fired up about. And definitely with Jupiter, here is the debater. Uh, Mercury Pluto is debate is a, a person who debates with you know with Sun and Libra, but also the Jupiter in Capricorn. When I pulled up his chart, I just noticed his Jupiter is a half degree off my Jupiter. We have the same Jupiter. We're 12 years apart in age, and um, and so he's got this um, you know. Well, what I what I kind of noticed was this kind of fiery know-it-all, and Mars, Eros, Jupiter, and Capricorn, uh, you know, is one way to is one way to look at that. And that Mars is Quincunx, Chiron, and Gemini. Quincunxes are weird, uncomfortable relationships. It could be like oil and water. You don't know how to talk to this energy. You can't. You don't know how to be in the same room, and it can grate on you. It can be very uncomfortable. And um, so that means Chiron and Gemini people, he will have these weird misunderstandings with that may get him into trouble, may sometimes keep him from speaking, may sometimes have a foot in the mouth. So Chiron and Gemini, communication, you know, a communication about wounds, about woundedness. And so it's almost inevitable that at some point he would say something that would come back to haunt him and cause a problem like this thing that just happened this week. Um, yeah, so let's, um, let's go on to the fourth step of the story, which is the North though. That's really what I want to talk about here. Um, with this, uh, these several things conjunct the North Node. When um, the North Node is something we don't know how to do, and we don't, we we may notice it. We may know people around us, you know, people we've accumulated as friends and and colleagues in our adult lives, 
who exemplify this energy in some way, but we won't know how to validate it within ourselves until we grow into it. It's really common for people with planets and, and asteroids and centaurs conjunct the North Node. Because it's opposite the South Node, it's 180 degrees away from your comfort zone. So it's very normal for you to consistently play dumb, but actually be dumb about it. Not like an act where you're just feigning ignorance, but to actually become clueless about it. Because in a bunch of lives, it's been 180 degrees away from you and your people. No one's shown you how to do this energy, at least not in a healthy way. Um, you will have an attunement to people who exemplify these energies, and you'll therefore um, get fixated on certain expressions, but you won't, it won't be grounded in practicality and reality. Meaning you'll have assumptions and stereotypes and biases of what it should look like. That's where I want to go with this Lucifer Chiron on the North Node. Um, so Chiron is, you know, if you if you stick with standard astrological literature, you hear wounded or wounded healer, you kind of have this this apparent dichotomy, and I think that's a false dichotomy because I think that wounding, in a, in an important way as well as healing, are in fact byproducts of what it's really about, which is energetic sensitivity. I count Chiron as the energy antenna within you. You pick up energy from others. They're emoting. You pick up energy. I talked about this actually in the last MP3, uh, energy management. I talked about this at length, so you can check that out. It's called Energy Management, uh, Neptune and Chiron and Pisces. Um, but when it's conjunct the North Node that energetic sensitivity has not been taught to you. So you, what it ends up meaning for, for a lot of people that I've worked with and that I know with this, with this conjunction in different generations, Chiron on the North Node, they haven't been taught how to process emotion. Everybody feels things. It's not that they're cold, unfeeling robotic jerks or something like that, but they might, they probably haven't been taught how to, how to honor feelings and move through them. When we do Chiron well, our hearts are open, and we're compassionate toward ourselves, and we're thereby, we become compassionate toward others. So Chiron on the North Node, you know, in Gemini, really talking about vulnerabilities and feelings and wounding and healing, but really giving voice to those feelings. So he's going to have certain images, like stereotypes in his head, about what it looks like if you give in to your pain and your wounding. And he's either going to be, you know, people with this signature, they feel, but they don't, you know, the door might not seem open to them to go into that place. It might seem like a foreign land, a foreign territory. A lot of the people that I've worked with who have this uh, conjunction that were not taught how to grieve. They were not given models of grieving. And I, I've said to some clients over the years, so, when you were a kid, remember when somebody, even a pet, or a neighbor, or a family member passed away, and everybody went through the motions of doing all the funeral stuff, but nobody really processed the emotion, and they all say, exactly, because there just hasn't been this example of processing emotion. So, how to process emotion is you cry shit out. You cry it out as long as you need to cry it out, and you honor that, and you hold space for it. And, and you feel it. So anyway, so that's something in here. But the real, the real key here is the Lucifer. 
Asteroid Lucifer at uh, 208 uh, Gemini, and, and it's retrograde, as is the Chiron. So he's so Lucifer is how you align your ego, what you align it with. So ego isn't really important, but if you ego is a mental energy that's not grounded, and if you let it take over, your ego becomes out of control. You become selfish, you become arrogant. Not just self, not just uh, self-interested, but you kind of can veer into you know, needing a certain kind of egoic gratification that's really kind of like the like the Buddhist um, hungry demon kind of thing. It's just like this endlessly hungry um, thing you're trying to feed to feel okay and validated. And it's very surfacey, and the need goes deep, but everything you feed it with is very surfacey and superficial and, and just needing air in the room. You know, it's, you know, I've done some analyses here on SoundCloud of uh, uh, Donald Trump, and he has the sun in Gemini on the North Node. And so he has an idea of what ego looks like, too. And so that's part of his out-of-control ego thing is that. Um, and so with, with this dude, that's, you know, when he really honors his vulnerability and his sensitivity to energy, then he actually is able to bring light. That's what Lucifer means. When he honors Chiron... Lucifer, the door opens to actually bringing light. And they're both retrograde in Gemini. And so to be able to admit that you're wrong and not feel shame, because he does feel shame. He, I, he feels like an idiot. His star was on the rise. And the book deal got pulled. And that does not happen to everybody. So, um, so I think he's really taking this seriously. I mean, I could be wrong, but, but I just have a sense that like this is one of those major relatively major learning life opportunities for him because he's got to regroup and figure out, you know, what he's going to... Anyway, so um, when you have Lucifer on the North Node, you might give in to the hungry ego thing. And because Pluto is conjunct Sun, there is an element of needing to be solar and focus on ego. And remember, with Pluto conjunct Sun, the empowerment journey is wrapped up with Sun, with ego. So anyway, this this is a double like a double karmic statement of you know I'm trying to figure out, and then the triple one with Nessus square the nodes from Leo. I'm trying to it's also it's not retrograde sorry, but trying to figure out the right way to do ego. So um, wherever Chiron is in our charts, we will feel um, potentially rejectable. Um, we feel not worthy, not loved, but really not lovable. And um, here it is. If I put my energy toward being of service, that's a Lucifer idea too. Uh, if I do that, then I can't feed my ego. And I am have a karmic, uh, I'm kind of determined to feed ego. So how can I... Honestly, it comes down to how can I tell the truth? Gemini, Lucifer and Gemini. How can I tell the truth? How can I not equivocate? How can I not um, dabble in relativism? How can I not spread lies? Um, and he's, you know, he has a certain kind of wounding from when he was younger. And this joke he made in this interview was about people who have experienced the same kind of thing. Now it's And that's kind of a Chiron thing where... You're, you're attuned 
to the wounding that other people have that happens to be the same frequency as yours. You know, you can, the idea is you can help people who have the same kind of issue you've had. But that, that, that teaching says that you can't help yourself, which is wrong. Um, and check out Chiron 2012 in the Aquarian Age, the key on how to use it for my full story on Chiron. It's based in a, in a channel teaching on opening the heart and, and thereby transitioning into the Aquarian Age by learning to deal with our feelings and emotions, as well as our uniqueness and vulnerability. Uh, this North Node's in Taurus. Now, Taurus is about slowing down and establishing what's important and organizing priorities, lining things up and executing things in order so you can develop stability. Uh, coming from a Scorpio South node, one is, you know, anybody who has that is always a little chaotic or responding to energies around you or dramatic, you know, giving into drama. And uh, it's juicy, it's sexy, it's dramatic. Um, Taurus North node says, slow down and look at what really matters here. Con and that's also conjunct series, retrograde series in Taurus. And uh, these are not an orb of the Lucifer, uh, series is not an orb of Lucifer Chiron. But, but each, you know, each of these three is conjunct the North Node. And, um, yeah, Ceres is about protection, nurturing, mentoring. It's about safety and security and how somebody might take you under his or her wing while you need it and then ideally let you go, release you as you grow. And so it could be that for him, I didn't read a ton about his, his childhood because um, I don't want to expose myself to too much of his energy, frankly. Uh, but... There's a, you know, Scorpio North Node, but then, you know, Ceres on the, sorry, Scorpio South Node, Pluto and Scorpio too, but then Ceres conjunct the North Node. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wouldn't have been easy for him to get his needs met when he was a kid, if at all. And so he might have this kind of defensive, uh, I'm, you know, I have to be against the world kind of thing because nobody's looking out for me in the way that I need. That's possible when Ceres is conjunct the North Node. Um, it's also retrograde. And so that combination, retrograde and uh, a conjunct the North Node, says there's going to be several layers of you know, what it looks like, what it, sh what it would look like, but they're misguided or ungrounded and unfounded, just like Trump's egoic assumptions about what it means to be powerful. You know, uh, if you are in an office, then you deserve respect. Well, if you lie all the time, people won't respect you, so then you can't figure out how to reconcile that. So anyway, that's what's going on with this uh, with this Milo kid. So let's have compassion for everybody, uh, but let's also be happy we're going to be hearing uh, less of his lies. Okay, so... <laughs> So, so anyway, thanks for join. Thanks for uh, your time and energy. Thanks for joining me. I hope this is helpful. And uh, be in touch if you have questions. Tom at ttjacobs.com. And I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>